All right, the Pelicans blew a 20-point lead in the second half, and it revealed a lot about this New Orleans team. I'll break down exactly what happened, and you're not going to like it. But hey, Jordan Hawkins played fantastic. That's cool, at least. It's a live post-game reaction episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all after the Pelicans fall to the Denver Nuggets, 134-116, tale of two halves for the New Orleans Pelicans here as they look good in the first half, have a 20-point lead immediately evaporates in the third quarter. We're going to break down exactly what happened in the third quarter because I think it reveals a lot about this team and some of the changes they're going to need to make. We're also going to highlight Jordan Hawkins, 31 points for the rookie in just his fourth start, his seventh game. Seven made threes. He was huge for New Orleans tonight. And of course, then let's look at Zion and B.I. because that ties into why they blew this 20 point lead. So not a fun night, but we're going to break it all down and what happened here. So of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this team, the good, the bad, maybe some trade rumors need to happen after this game. We got it all covered here. So if you want to support the channel, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, comment down below on YouTube, tell a friend about the show and become an everydayer. Listen, Monday through Friday. If you're an everydayer, let me see it in the chat. I've seen a couple of y'all say that as well. And on these live shows, after games, I got to get to a lot of stuff. We're not going to interact with the chat as much, but I see the comments. I appreciate the comments. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Oh boy. Okay, there's a couple places to start here. Obviously with the third quarter, Pelicans blowing a 20-point lead. You can call this a tale of two halves for a couple of reasons. But the simplest one is this. You hear this said a lot with like NBA nerds who like stats like me, right? I reference offensive rating, defensive rating, defensive rebounding percentage, all these things that are kind of called advanced stats, advanced metrics, compound metrics sometimes. There's a phrase that we like to use NBA nerds like me, called regression to the mean. You're shooting well above average, well above the mean. Eventually, over a large enough sample size, that kind of regresses to exactly where it should be. Regression can be up towards the mean because you're having a bad shooting game, let's say, or it can be down to the mean because you were shooting too well. That straight up happened to the Pelicans in this game. They were hot from three in the first half. Jordan Hawkins hitting threes. Matt Ryan hitting threes. And more on the three-point shooting in a second here. This is probably going to trail into the second segment of the show because I think it's that important, by the way. You had those guys making a ton of threes in the beginning. The Denver Nuggets didn't. They started the first half making, I think, one three. I don't have the first half and second half numbers yet updated on NBA.com slash stats, but they really struggled shooting. And in the second half, those kind of, you know, Pelicans up here, Denver Nuggets here, evened out a little bit more. And once that happened, you saw Denver get back into this game. New Orleans went cold. 
Denver got warmer. And each team ended up kind of getting exactly to where they needed to be. The Pelicans shot 50% from the field in this one. Denver shot 53.7. They're very close right there. Pelicans shot 43.3% from deep. Denver Nuggets, after a horrid start, shot 38.5%. Basically, they just regressed to the mean, each of them, and it kind of flipped the script for this game. That's part of what happened in the third quarter. The other part is, why weren't they generating good three-point looks like they had been in the first half? And that's where ball movement stopped. You know, Zion and Brandon Ingram have coexisted in the past, and we'll talk more about them in the third segment here, but you also just saw them get completely out of rhythm when the Denver Nuggets came out with more intensity than they did. So while regression to the mean and kind of calling it a make or miss league is definitely a way you could describe what happened to the Pelicans, in the second half here, one team just wanted it more, and it was the Denver Nuggets, and the Pelicans looked lackadaisical out there. You can complain about the bad shot selection from a lot of contested mid-range jumpers, things like that, but when they're not even trying, when the ball movement stops, when the off-ball movement stops, so no one's cutting, no one's working to get open, you're going to not score points, and that's what happened here. And it felt like at times, Willie Green probably stuck with the starters a little bit too long, and if you've been an everydayer of the show, you know we've said the starters have not worked particularly well with one another this season for a variety of reasons. And this was probably when you needed to just go space around Zion Williamson, which they did in the first half, generating open three-point looks, getting him some shots. And I actually thought, and we'll talk about it again more in the third segment here, he played really well in this despite maybe the shooting numbers not being exactly where you'd want them to be. But there was just no intensity, no effort from the New Orleans Pelicans that you wanted to see from them in the second half of this game, in particular in the third quarter. And Denver just chewed them up. Just chewed them up. Look, they got Nikola Jokic, who is the best player in the league. In the league, by far, in my opinion. That no one has an answer for him. So the Pelicans certainly aren't going to have an answer for him. But they couldn't even win the minutes when he was on the bench. In the second half, at least. That's damning about New Orleans here. You have to do that. You know, look, I'm going to put a lot of this on Brandon Ingram, whose stats look okay in this game. 22 points, right? But he went 0 for 4 from 3. He had 5 turnovers compared to just 5 assists. And when you look at individual plus minus, which is not the best to look at on a game-by-game basis, was a minus 29. No one else was even close to that outside of Valanciunas. Zion was a minus 11. Um, Valanciunas was minus 10. It was Herb Jones was minus 23. Hawkins was minus 15. No one else was nearly as bad. So those minutes with Brandon Ingram out there on the court, they were losing by 30 in this game because the offense was stalling. Zion wasn't getting touches. They weren't getting other guys in there. It was just rough with those BI-centric lineups and him out there with the starters, frankly. We've talked a lot about you know, him needing to refine his shot selection. We talked about it in yesterday's show, if you're an everydayer, where to replace C.J. McCollum's minutes, you need someone to shoot more threes. Hawkins started, he took the threes, great. But you need that production to come from elsewhere. And they did not get that, the three-point shooting to space the court, make the offense look less clunky, from Brandon Ingram in this one. The lineups with Zion and shooters worked. Be a shooter at that point. And I'm going to talk about more, more about this in tomorrow's show about why maybe he's struggling with that because there's a couple of things that really just like jump out at you with it. 
He's not a catch and shoot guy. That's a big part of it. We'll talk about that in tomorrow's episode of Locked On Pelicans. So regression to the mean for both teams in terms of shooting. Okay, that's not great, right? When you look at the Pelicans in three-point shooting, who are the guys, tell me in the chat, it's a rhetorical question though, that made multiple threes in this game. You know, the Pelicans shot well from three, 43.3%. They only took 30 attempts. That was their number last year when we said that needs to be higher. The only two people to make multiple threes were Jordan Hawkins and Matt Ryan. No one else made multiple threes. Herb took two, got injured, okay? Valanciunas took one, Zion took zero, Brandon Ingram took four. When you look at the rest of this team in terms of guys that are going to need to shoot threes while CJ McCollum is out, it's Brandon Ingram. It needs to be more than four, and he needs to be making those. And when he's not, the offense just gets so thrown out of rhythm, and that just energy, lack of it, is contagious. That ISO style, bogging them down. Get out there and play with space and pace, which is not what they did in the third quarter, and it's a big reason why they lost this game. It's the main reason why they lost this game, and not getting stops. Uh, we'll touch on the let me touch on the defense coming up in the next segment. Then we'll also talk about Jordan Hawkins too because he was fantastic in this game. Then we'll get back to Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram and kind of talk about like big picture. Wh- what can you do? What are you supposed to do here? That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Right now, though, not excited to talk about the Pelicans' loss, but I'm excited to talk about FanDuel. So score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. You want to take the Saints to win outright on the money line? You can do it. The Pelicans to win outright on the money line. Or maybe you're not feeling the Pelicans right now. After this loss, I understand. When they play at Minnesota, who just beat the Boston Celtics in overtime, maybe you want to take Minnesota on the money line. You go place a $5 bet and you win, that's 150 bucks for you. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than this. This is a tremendous promotion to get in on the action. The app's super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, spreads, player props, over-unders. You can combine those into a same-game parlay to get an even bigger payout when you win. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on, kick off the NFL season, tip off the NBA season, FanDuel official partner of the NFL and the official sports book of Locked On. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. We are live right now on YouTube. If you're listening in just the podcast form of the next day, I appreciate you tuning in. If you're here with me in the chat, thank you so much for jumping in after the game. We're talking about what went wrong in the Pelicans' loss to the Denver Nuggets. Really just broke down the third quarter, the second half. We'll get positive here in a minute with Jordan Hawkins. Again, we are the number one Pelicans podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. So subscribe and, of course, become an everyday or listen Monday through Friday. And if you really want to support the channel, the Lockdown Pelicans Insiders Group, the link to the subtext will be a little bit later here in the show with everything. So I appreciate y'all being here. This is a lot of fun to do these. No one else does stuff like this. I'm not interacting with the chat as much because we need to get through some things and I don't want to get the, you know, get out of the flow of talking about the game, right? Brandon Ingram killing the flow of the Pelicans offense. I'm not going to try and kill the flow of the podcast here. So please talk with each other in the chat and everything. We got a lot of people in here. So I appreciate y'all making Locked On Pelicans part of your day. So we talked about kind of the offense and the struggles with it. You know, we talked about 
their attitude, the energy, the effort, just not being there at all. You know, one of the things that was almost shocking about this game was how bad the defense was in the third quarter. You know, obviously Jokic is good. And again, no team in the league has an answer for him. No team in the league has the answer for him. He's going to win a couple more MVPs. I would bet good money on FanDuel that he will win more NBA MVP awards. But if you can't win the minutes when he's out there because you're just not paying attention, how many times was there just a simple backdoor cut? Guy in the short corner, cuts baseline, gets a feed, scores a layup. Just as simple as that. They just were lost. They weren't paying attention. They weren't trying. That's unacceptable for an NBA team. That is just flat out unacceptable. The film session from this game that they'll probably do on the plane and everything, though, is really, really rough. The defense was bad from most of these guys here. So I don't think they're going to be happy looking at the film session with everything. And they've got to be better than that. Like that part you do control. You do control that. You know, you can't necessarily slow down Jokic, but you can make sure you're not missing backdoor cutters, things like that. It's disappointing here. So we will talk more about the defense in the future. Let's get positive here for a minute, for a couple of minutes. Let's talk about Jordan Hawkins, 31 points in this game, seven made threes, seven rebounds, three assists, one turnover. He was just flat out awesome. Like he was flat out Awesome. We knew he was going to be starting in place of CJ McCollum. And like the rookie just delivered, didn't he? Almost 38 minutes of action, 10 of 19 from the field, 7 of 14 from three, made his shots at the foul line, 31 points. This is the type of player that the Pelicans needed. You know, I, I said at draft time, if you're in every day, you know this, that he was the best fit of the first round, of the lottery, of all the picks there. He was going to fit right on in. He, I wasn't as high on him overall because I didn't think he was going to contribute in other areas. And look, I didn't expect him to make seven made threes in a game. I don't think anyone was really expecting that. But I did call him the best fit for a reason. And you saw his fit next to Zion Williamson, and it's so perfect. So perfect. There was one play in the first half when Zion had the ball and he's driving and there's just no room for him to go. And you see Hawkins on the three-point line kind of back, ping-ponging back and forth side to side. So I get the camera blurry here because he was trying to find a passing lane for Zion to get him the ball. Eventually he finds it a little bit to the left of where he was. Zion delivers him the ball. It's a catch and shoot made three while he's moving and it just goes right on in. That was... Great. That was exactly what we wanted to see from Jordan Hawkins here. So that was exactly how it's supposed to work here. And um, if we do we have to get the moderators out and everything in the chat? Let's not do that. Anyway, so we can... Watching him move off ball like that is like really great. That's like exactly what you want to see from the rookie playing with Zion Williamson here. And that kind of tells you how they need to maximize Zion, right? Like more shooters around him. We'll get more into that in the third segment there. But Hawkins and just the movement he has, like my goodness, like that is a tremendous skill. I saw people in there saying like uh, in the chat saying cops for Ray Allen and other things like that. You know, that's 
not necessarily incorrect, right? You also get the Yukon connection and everything there. That was exactly what you want to see from the rookie. The Pelicans desperately need a guy like this. It makes you excited about a lineup with, say, Jordan Hawkins, Matt Ryan, and Trey Murphy in the future as well because that's going to show more shooting and it's exactly what the Pelicans need. The other thing about Jordan Hawkins that I didn't think he was going to contribute at all here is the seven rebounds and some of the other things that he's been doing. The guy is not scared. He is a fearless player, both on offense and defense and with everything he does. He goes after boards hard. The Pelicans, who have been a bad defensive rebounding team, to see a rookie, a guard, right, going hard after rebounds and out hustling some of these veteran players on the team, both good and bad, right? You're excited about Jordan Hawkins. You're happy about that, but you're not happy about what's going on with the rest of the team and the fact that they're not doing some of this. So he does that, which was not expected. He is actually contributing in multiple ways here. So I love that he's contributing beyond just the three-point shooting because you need to do that because he's had some subpar shooting games too. So you need to be able to contribute in other areas and the rookie is doing it. He's fighting on defense, which you at least like to see. Um, he hasn't been a negative there really at all. And it's just a tremendous game from him. You know, he's one of six players in franchise history to have a 30-point game as a rookie. He tied Trey Murphy's record with seven made threes as a rookie. This is a guy the Pelicans desperately need. And when Trey comes back, there's no way, you know, when Jose comes back, there's no way you're going to see Jordan Hawkins get his minutes cut at all. I don't think you can necessarily make an argument for him to be a starter when everyone's healthy, but this is a guy that needs to be basically having most of his minutes paired with Zion Williamson when you can, because he just provides that much of an outlet and really fits into what's going on and what the Pelicans try and do. As the Pelicans start to maybe figure out what's best with their offense, we'll touch on this next, right? I think Hawkins is going to be in a lineup like that with that amount of shooting, just not scared of the moment, ready to be there, you know, is an efficient player, not turning the ball over, led the team in points and everything. It's just a tremendous performance from the rookie here. So it looks like he could be a really special player, I think, and a perfect complimentary piece. Again, called him the best fit for a reason. You saw it in this game. I want to see more Jordan Hawkins minutes. I'm excited to see his development here. This is a guy that, you know, could end up being a steal out of this draft. So coming up next, more on Zion and BI. Some of the lineups we want to see, how to best use them because they're not working together right now. They are not working together. So what needs to change with that? What more do we want to see? What's kind of the best version of this Pelicans has to do with point Zion. We're going to talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time talking, right? We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts, who sits. And I'm thankful for the connection we have. And today, I want our chat to be a little bit more personal. I just learned you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means? Bring on extended travel. Bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. You are covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, Riviodo, uh, and those prescriptions. 
patients. And that's all possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. So go online right now at jacemedical.com and receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember, use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. Verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have them. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year's supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. So if you or someone you love would needs the peace of mind by having a year's supply of any daily medicine, go to jacemedical.com and see if it's offered to you. And remember, use promo code locked on for $20 off your next purchase. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team, the number one Pelicans podcast. We do these live shows. We're going to do this on Wednesday as well. Maybe even on Friday, maybe from on location somewhere. Could be kind of fun to do that as I believe there's a watch party for the Pels 12 at Mid-City, a in-season tournament game and I've said I'm a big fan of the in-season tournament so maybe we'll do a live on location uh, show Friday potentially we'll see don't know just yet so of course we are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network your team every day subscribe wherever you get your podcast on YouTube comment on YouTube as well and become an everyday or listen Monday through Friday let's go back to Zion and Brandon Ingram because when you saw this offense kind of grind to a halt in the third quarter, their chemistry was just off. It was really exemplified by like a horrible two-man game. Zion in the post, B.I. on the on the three-point line. B.I. gets it to Zion, tries to post it up. It's not there, kicks it out to, to B.I., but it's a bad pass, so he can't shoot the three. They get the ball back to Zion to repost there. He makes another pass to Ingram, whose shot is just slow from three, and it's easy to defend. It's a contested three. It goes nowhere. It just like didn't work. And you're like, yep, that seems about right. And that's just kind of what's going on with these two right now. Look, the way to maximize Zion is to use him as point Zion. You know, I like the idea of Brandon Ingram, the point guard, and trying to use Zion off ball. There's a lot of reasons to like that idea. A lot of reasons to like that idea. It also saves Zion's body a little bit too. I see people in there saying, if Zion's hurt, what do you do, right? If you trade Brandon Ingram. And I'm not advocating to trade either of them right now. And that's a valid point. But you got to use Zion more. He was good in this game. You can look at his stats and be like, no, no, he wasn't, right? 10 of 22 for 20 points. Him to have, you know, 20 points on 22 shots so to be under one point per shot attempt when he's normally like 1.7 is kind of insane. It was because he didn't get to, the, he got to the line one time and he missed it because the calls in this were weird. But he was playing well. 20 points, 10 rebounds, nine assists with, by the way, zero turnovers. Here's the difference between him and Brandon Ingram. High usage player, both of them. They both took 22 shot attempts, right? Both didn't go to the line. B.I. with five turnovers, Zion with zero. Zion was missing shots at the rim. The length of the Nuggets did bother him a little bit, but here's the thing. He normally makes those shots. If you look at his shot selection in this game, and you can pull that up on NBA.com slash stats where I'm going right now, almost all of those were like good attempts for the most part outside of like two or three. They're all in the paint right at the rim. He finishes those normally at a 70% rate. So if regression to the mean happens, as we talked about in the first segment here, this is a guy who probably could have had 30 points in this game. If the refs were calling it in a way that 
like sent him to the foul line and they were weird a little bit in this game and he doesn't get a whistle like at all that he should he would be out there scoring way more I don't have a problem with how Zion played he just missed shots that happens make or miss league and all the other cliches that you can use and all of that so they need to use him more. And the best way to do that is with shooters on the court. It's going to be Matt Ryan, who I saw someone in the chat be like, they need to sign him. Yeah, they will do that eventually. They don't need to do that right now. Matt Ryan, Jordan Hawkins, Trey Murphy, CJ as well. They've run Zion at the five a lot and it was working. It was even working against Jokic. The problem was you weren't really getting stops on the other end, but you can sometimes outscore opponents. And that's what you're trying to do with Zion at the five. It's less about defense. They need to do more of that. They definitely need, while CJ's out, to be staggering Zion and Brandon Ingram as much as they can, minus when they're starting the halves together and probably closing games together, because you want Zion in space, and you also want Brandon Ingram in space a little bit more, but you want Brandon Ingram to play like Zion does, to play more like a point guard. Attack the basket, and then kick it out to open shooters if it's not there, and not just settling for these contested mid-range jumpers. And at times... He was hitting him. His handle was great in this game for Brandon Ingram. But you can't do it where you're going to turn the ball over five times. That's a huge difference here. Would it have won the Pelicans the game if he cut those down? Probably not. There were other issues. But they need to be maximizing Zion Williamson more because when that happens, they are basically unstoppable. That's how special of a player he is. B.I. is good. B.I. is a very, very, very good basketball player. But it's not working right now. And they can't afford to drop these games. You have a six-game homestand coming up. Six games. You have to take advantage of that. You have, And some of these are good teams, right? Dallas, their only loss is to the Denver Nuggets. By the way, Locked On Mavericks host Nick Angstad is going to be in town over the weekend. And he'll be doing a show or two with me here. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun. We're going to have Will Guillory on the show on Friday next week. I'm hopefully get Aaron Summers of the Pelicans on the show as well. So we've got a lot of great stuff coming here at Locked On Pelicans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for y'all. You know, I want to look more at maximizing Zion, maximizing BI in a whole show. We'll look at more of that tomorrow. Maybe we'll explore trade possibilities. You know, what would it look like if you traded one and how do you kind of build around that? I think that's kind of interesting, but certainly it's still clunky with them all together right now. And BI as your main ball handler doesn't really work unless he starts refining that shot selection and playing a little bit better but he also doesn't work off ball right we saw that with team usa he doesn't work as a complimentary piece that's why things feel a little bit weird right now and why they're struggling and that's why when you kind of take put them either of them in space it works like space is the key let them get out and just rip shots but good shots shots at the rim or three pointers not contested mid-rangers where guys are out of position and now you're not defending well in transition. That's been a problem here. You know, that starts to get you frustrated. You know, you saw Jordan Hawkins pick up, I think, a second technical for throwing the ball at the stanchion at the end of a quarter after a made bucket. You know, you saw the visible frustration on these players as nothing was working. That carried over to their just bad attitudes, the bad level of play, the bad energy, the bad vibes. All of that. It's... Not, that stuff's contagious and it just carried through the team and carried through the team. And that's why seeing how that went in the second half was a big part of it. They need to use these guys better than what they're doing. This is going to be on the coaching staff challenge here. I have for years 
years said Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson work. And then you finally get some shooting on this team, finally. And you run Zion with shooters and you're like, oh, no, 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 no. That's what we need to be doing. That's how you win these games. Not otherwise. You're, you're very plainly seeing it. I think the starting lineup can still be good. This also, as I said in the live show that we did on Saturday after the loss to the Atlanta Hawks, maybe you need to start Trey Murphy at a certain point. That's going to be a whole show and everything too. So, whew, disappointing loss. Tale of two halves. Regression to the mean is a thing. So I do think some of that first half was a little bit of fool's gold for the Pelicans, but it shouldn't have been as bad as it was in the second half. And they didn't control the things that they can control. So it was super disappointing. They, they all need to take a long look in the mirror, talk with one another, and the coaching staff needs to put their heads together so that things can maybe get right against Minnesota on Wednesday. And then you have a chance to go on the road, get a win against Houston, which CJ McCollum may be there, according to Jenna Hale on the broadcast. And that's really encouraging. Whew. Not quite an angry cast, right? If you're a longtime listener, you remember some of the angry casts we do? We get those a couple of times a year. And yeah, we're not going to do that quite yet. Denver's good. You're on the road. That's tough. But certainly what this team is doing right now, like what they need to do feels a little bit obvious and it's disappointing. So hopefully they make those changes to turn things around so you don't get a second half performance like what you saw against the Nuggets in this game. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans, a live episode of Locked on Pelicans here. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. More about Zion MBI in tomorrow's show. Will Guillory later in the week on the Friday episode of Locked On Pelicans. There's no games Tuesday night, so we get a breather here a little bit, which is going to be kind of nice. Aaron Summers next week, live show Wednesday as well after the Minnesota game. Hopefully we'll see some improvements, some changes there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you're a subscriber wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show as well. Become an everydayer, and I'll be back with y'all tomorrow.